Again, glad y'all are here today. Glad you made the effort to be here. We're, looks like we're down by about half. I don't know if the heat has everybody hold up today. I want to encourage you every week, be thinking about who you can invite, who you know uh, that you can call to join us every single Thursday. I think one of the best things we do as a church is our Thursday men's lunch. So invite somebody, grab somebody, and bring them with you every single Thursday. Today we're going to continue our, our verse-by-verse study. We're going through the book of 1 John. Uh, today we're going to finish the second chapter, and we're going to move into a, a seven or eight, nine verses in the third chapter today and just keep moving in our study. This week I was, I was in my daughter's room one evening talking to her uh, and, I, and I was uh, noticing there in her room there was a book from one of uh, her school classes from last year. I don't know if she was supposed to turn that in and didn't do that, but I found one of her school books and it was a book on sociology. And as I was talking to her, I grabbed that book and I started flipping through that book. And as I was looking through this book on, on sociology and it's applied for teenagers, uh, as I was doing that, I was thinking about, you know, the, the goal of most people, in fact, the goal of most parents, and I think the goal of our education system, and really it's the goal of our entire world, and so because it's those folks' goal, I believe it becomes our goal as individuals as well, is, is, is it seems to be our goal is to find the norm, to find what is normal, and then fitting in. And it seems that's the goal of parents, that's the goal of, of our education system, that becomes the, the, really the goal of us as individuals. We can say that we're individuals, we can say that we like to express our individuality, but really it seems that our goal in, in practice is to find what is normal and then try to fit in to what is normal. And our goal is to do the things, and I'm talking about us even as adults, is to do the things or to have the things or to be the person that is accepted and fits in. And I can give you all sorts of, of examples of that, especially as we're raising our kids. Our goal is that they wouldn't stand out, that they would fit in. And if everybody's playing a sport, we got to get in sports. And if everybody's dressing a certain way, we want everybody to dress a certain way. And it seems our goal as, as, as a society is to find what is normal and to fit in to what is normal. Here's the truth. And it's a big truth, and it's a hard truth, and really it's a pretty, pretty radical truth, but here's the truth of that. That is the plan of Satan. You see, our world is lost. Our world doesn't know God. In fact, they hate God. The Bible tells us that. They are opposed to God. They're enemies of God. And so if our goal is to fit in, if our goal is to socialize and find what is normal and become what is normal, if that is the pressure that we put ourselves, understand we are submitting to a lost world. We are submitting to a false system. Our truth today for our, for our verses today is that as believers, our goal is to not become the same, but to be different. In fact, radically different. Uh, our goal is not to be accepted, but our goal as Christians, those that would follow Christ, is to be righteous. That is our goal. Our goal is not fitting in. In fact, our goal as Christians is to stand out. We have different goals as followers of Jesus Christ. It is not acceptance. It is righteousness. It's not to fit in, but as a Christian, it is to stand out. We need not be socialized by the world, but rather we need to be sanctified by Jesus Christ. We need to be socialized by the Word of God, the Bible. I'm going to read our verses today. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to look there. If not, I will encourage you to bring your Bible when we meet on Thursdays. 
First uh, John chapter two, verse twenty-nine, the last verse of chapter two, and then I'm going to read verses three, uh, chapter three, to the end of the first part of verse ten. Again, First John chapter two, beginning in the twenty-ninth verse. I'll read a chunk of verses, and then we'll go back and look at those verses. First John two, beginning in verse twenty-nine, says this: If you know that He, talking about Jesus, if you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him, starting chapter three. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we will be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, we are now children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. When we know that he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. You know that when he appeared, that he appeared in order to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin, because his seed abides in him. And he cannot sin because he is born of God. Verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God. Pretty good chunk of verses, kind of complicated when you pass through it. We're going to look at those verses piece by piece. Starting at verse 29, it says this. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who also practices righteousness is born of him. Now, remember the false teachers have come. And they are, they are in the church, they've, they've risen up in the church, and they are leading people astray. They are taking the truth, they're bending the truth, they're distorting the truth, and they're leading people astray. Well, last week we looked at, at verse 28. In verse 28, that one verse says this, So abide in Christ, which means this, stay in Christ. Don't waffle. Don't go somewhere else. Stay in the truth of Christ. Stay in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so here is a false movement. Here are these that would lead you astray. And he says, you stay in Christ. You abide in Christ. You abide in the truth of the gospel. And then verse 29, he keeps on going. He says, if we know that he is righteous, then we also would practice righteousness. Now what that means is this. As Christians... We are different. Now be sure and understand what I'm saying. We're not to be different. As Christians, we are different. We have a new Lord. The Bible says that. As as Christians, Christ is our Lord. We have a new priority set. Our priorities are different from the lost world. Our goals, as we've seen, they're different from the lost world. In fact, the Bible says we have a new self. Our old self has passed away. We've been crucified with Christ and a new self lives. We are new as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, all of that means is this. As Christians, we are different. 
Now, it says that, that, that a person that follows Christ practices righteousness. Now, I want you to see what it's talking about here. It's talking about the pattern of our lives. We're going to talk about this all the way through this section. But, it, but it's talking about the pattern of our life, the walk of our life. As Christians, we are different in the pattern of our lives, in the direction of our lives, in the daily walk of our lives. It means that the walk of our lives as Christians has changed. Sometimes it seems today we try to overlook that. And sometimes today we try to not get so caught up in that. Well, there's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Yes, there is. There's grace shown through us through Jesus Christ. And maybe we, we try to overlook the fact that in Christ we are to be a new, we are a new creation. Now, now think about a verse here. Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of a pecan tree, produces pecans. The fruit of the Spirit, what comes out of a believer, the fruit of the Spirit, it tells us what comes out of a Christian, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that being a follower of Christ, that the Spirit of God inside of us, that comes out of us, that is produced in our lives. Now, now think about that for just a second. So if the pattern of our life is not marked by those things, here's what John is saying. It's what Paul was saying as well. You're lost. If the pattern of your life, now listen, we sin, we mess up. We have days we respond poorly. But if the, the pattern of your life, if the walk of your life is not marked by the fruit of the Spirit, by these things, you're lost. Now here's, here's what we do about that. We laugh about that. We make excuses about that, especially in, in churches today. And, and there'll be some person, and they're so foul that there's just smoke coming off of them. They're divisive. Anytime they can cause a problem, they're going to cause a problem. Anytime they can separate people, they're going to separate people. And the pattern of their life is to gossip and to slander. And anytime you find trouble, they, you're going to find this person in the midst of it. But they've been coming to our church for, for 36 years and they've got a giant Bible they carry and they've got a Jesus bumper sticker on their car. And so we just laugh about it. Listen, those folks are lost and the spirit of the living God does not live inside of them. That's what the Bible says. You know what? You've been changed. You've put your faith in Christ. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Those are the things that come out of a follower of Jesus Christ. Those are the things that are shown in the pattern of your life. So the first thing we see is this. In Christ, we are different. That's the bottom line. In Christ, we are different. Second thing we see is this. In Christ, because we're different, we are now incompatible with the world. We cannot mix. In Christ, we are incompatible with the world. Verse 1. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. As Christians, we are children of God. John says in his gospel, those who believe in him, he gives the right to become children of God. As Christians, we belong to a different family. As Christians, we belong in the family of God. Now listen, you didn't earn your spot there. In his grace, by faith in Christ, you have a position in the family of God. You know what? He's saying this. We ought to start looking like our family. There ought to be a resemblance to Christ 
for those who are in the family. Here's the reality. Here's the truth. You cannot follow Christ and look like the world. See, I don't, I don't know that anybody says that much anymore. I don't, I don't know if that helps church attendance to say that anymore. You see, the truth is this. You cannot follow Christ and look like the world. That's a false idea. These, these false teachers, uh, there's no difference in them in the world. In fact, you look at them, that's what John's talking about. There's no difference in these false teachers and those that are of the world. And so he's saying this is how you can separate them out. I want you to think about false teachers today. False teachers today, and I could just give you a list of them. False teachers today, aren't they offering the same things that the world offers? Success, money, materialistic things, stuff, comfort. You'll never have a problem comfort. Aren't they offering the same things that the world offers? You know what the world says? You need comfort and you need stuff and you need materialism and you need money. The false teachers are offering the exact same things that the world offers. The truth is this. You cannot follow Jesus Christ and look like the world. James said it. He says in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to be hated. Peter says it. Paul says it. Paul says this world is, is not our home. You know what? We're not to be loyal to this. This isn't our home. We're not citizens here. This world's not our home. Jesus says the world hated him, and so the world's going to hate you. The world is absolutely going to hate you. You cannot follow Jesus Christ and look like the world. Isn't this our downfall, especially today? Don't we try to have both? Aren't we trying to hold on to both? Yes, I want, I want to have a relationship with Christ. And yes, I want to for sure go to heaven and have eternal life. But oh, I want the things of the world. And I want the, the comfort of the world. And I want the acclaim of the world. Aren't we trying to have one foot over here and keep another foot over there? Listen, as Christians, you cannot follow Jesus Christ and still look like the world. We're incompatible with the world. Third thing is this. In Christ, we're different. In Christ, we're incompatible. We no longer fit in the world. Third thing is this. In Christ, we are incompatible with sin. We no longer mix. In Christ, we're incompatible with sin. Let me read a chunk of verses. Verse two. Beloved, we are now children of God, and it has not appeared as to what we will be. We know that when he appears, Jesus comes, we will be like him because we will see him just as he is. There's going to be a day that in the presence of Christ, we're going to be like Jesus Christ. That's what that verse says. Verse 3. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him, who's put their faith in Christ, purifies himself just as he is pure. Be sure and understand what this is saying. We, we become pure when we put our faith in Christ. We put on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. There's no person that can come and, and purify themselves. We become purified when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. But what this is talking about is our decision as a Christian, it's talking to believers, to be rid of impurities, to be done with the filth, to, to, to set as our priority to, to, to purify ourselves and to separate ourselves from sin. Now listen, the Holy Spirit leads us in that. Holy Spirit convicts us when we mess up in that. God's word guides us in that. 
You spend time in God's word and you start to figure out, you know what, that's not ever going to work. You know what, that doesn't match up anymore. But be sure and understand this at the same time. You still have the choice. You see, some folks act like the Holy Spirit's going to come in and like a magic potion, boom, you're going to look different, be different, and you're not ever going to go back to that. Listen, you still have the choice to obey or to not obey. The Holy Spirit's leading you. Holy Spirit's convicting you. The Word of God is guiding you. You still have the choice to say, you know what? The conviction of my heart as a Christian, the character of my heart, now that it looks like Christ, I can decide if I'm going to walk it out in obedience. You still have the choice. Let me ask you about this. And I've spent some time thinking about this. What about habitual sins? There seems to be a new division between sin and habitual sin. Well, that's a habitual sin. Well, there's a different, there's a different remedy for habitual sin, isn't there? No. Think about it. All sin is habitual, isn't it? Aren't we drawn to all sin? No one has to come and say, well, you need to go this way. Aren't we drawn to all sin? Isn't that the truth of sin? We have to decide no. We have to decide, you know what, I'm going to obey the living God. We have to decide, you know what, I understand this is what his word has said. And so I, in the character of Christ, empowered, yes, by the Holy Spirit of God, yes, he's going to empower it. Yes, he's going to lead it in his word. But we still have to obey as followers of Jesus Christ. He says, you know what, purify yourself because Christ is absolutely pure. Verse 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Talking about lostness. You know what? You, you, you delve into lawlessness and that's the pattern of your life. It's telling you here you're lost. Verse five. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there's no sin. Christ forgives us of our sin. Christ doesn't sin. He, he offers us his righteousness. Verses six and seven. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure that no one deceives you. The one who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. Now let me explain these verses. We still sin. I sin. You sin. We sin. These verses are not saying that a believer is never going to sin. Some folks actually teach that. I had a guy come to my office. It's been about two years ago and we had a sign on Wilburger Street that said, no perfect people allowed. The church is full of sinners. That's what the sign meant. He came in and said, so you're excluding some people. And I said, well, what are you talking about? And he says, well, a perfect person is not welcome in your church. I said, I don't know any perfect people other than Christ, and he's already the head of the church. Uh, we had an argument about that people can be perfect on earth, and our, our goal is perfection. And, and the, the truth is this. Listen, we sin. This is not talking about that a, that a believer will never sin, but it's talking about the pattern of your life. It's talking about the walk of your life. As, as a Christian, the walk of our life is not to be consumed in sin and marked by sin. It's supposed to be marked by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yes, we sin, but in Christ, the pattern of our life has changed. Verses 8 and 9. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him, Christ abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born 
of God. Listen, what that means is this. As believers, we should hate sin. That's what it's saying. As believers, we should be grieved over sin. As followers of Christ, we should have an aversion to sin. We should be repulsed by sin. As, as I'm faced with, and I'm talking about my sin, as I'm faced with my sin, it ought to keep me up at night. It ought to wear me out. It ought to grieve me, the sin of my life. The sin of my life as a Christian ought to drive me to repent, to turn away from that sin, to go a different direction from that sin, and to seek God's forgiveness for that sin. But here's the truth. If you can walk in sin, and I know people that they're living in sin and they know it's a sin and they don't care. They figure what God can get over it. He'll forgive me of it if, if, he, if he wants to mess with it. But they're walking in their sin. If you can walk in your sin, if you can become good at excusing your sin. There was a guy who used to always say, well, I'm just in the flesh. Well, I'm just in the flesh. I'm just in the flesh. Well, listen, we're led by the Spirit. Get out of that. If you can start to excuse your sin, if you can start to overlook your sin, your sin never bothers you, and the pattern of your life is to live in unrepentant sin, the Bible says this, you're following Satan and not Christ. You're not saved. Today, here's what we do. We want to put our faith in Christ. We want to be forgiven of our sin but we still want to get close to it. We, we still want to crowd the line. And maybe sometimes we want to enter into it and we want to come back from it. And we want to, we want to, we want to still mess with it. We want to still meddle with it. We want to get close to our sin. Listen, when, when we put our faith in Christ, we're different. Our hearts are different. Our longings are different. As we spend time in God's word, our, our priorities become different. So I, I'll just tell you, there's, there's songs that I used to listen to. I can, I can turn on the radio now and songs I used to listen to. And I think, man, that's garbage. That's trash. There's movies I used to watch, movies I used to laugh at. And I can tell you the titles of them. I turn them on now and say, that's an affront to God. That's trash. There's, there's places I used to go. I, I can't go to those places anymore. There's people I used to run around with. You know what? They're going the wrong direction. It's, it's not prudent for me to be in those situations. You know what? We have a choice to obey or not obey. And if the pattern of your life is okay with sin, he's saying, you know what? You're not a follower of Jesus Christ. In 1 John, there's this movement that's been going all the way through it. The false and the true. The false and the true. Listen to verse 10. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, the pattern of their life, is not of God. The pattern of your life should seek to honor God. The pattern of your life should seek to to point to God, to be a, a, a thing that would point glory back to him. Yes, we're going to sin, but the pattern of your life should, should walk in righteousness, led by him, empowered by him, and pointing back to him. So here becomes the question. So what's the pattern of your life? What would the, what would the pattern of your life point to? Are you excusing sin and hiding in sin and thinking, well, God's just going to get over my sin? Or is there a repulsion to it? You know what? We sin. That's okay. 
But we ought, we ought to step back and say, God, help me turn away from it. Help me to look like you. Help me to walk like you. Now, when I read these verses, here's, here's the danger. It sounds like a bunch of rules, doesn't it? Sounds like a standard I can't keep, doesn't it? That's a standard I can't keep. That's, that's some church nut that should do that. Sounds like legalism, doesn't it? Well, here's your rule book. Don't mess up and don't enter into sin anymore. Here's your rule book. Listen, it's not that at all. You see, God loves you. He loves me. He knows what's best. And he's seen and how it all plays out. And if you live long enough, you start to see how it plays out as well. You know what? I've had enough divorce. It's, it's horrible. I've had enough addiction. It's horrible. I've had enough trouble and I've had enough chaos. I've had enough backbiting and slander. It, it doesn't end well. I've seen enough people and their hearts are broken and they thought their life was going to go this way and it ended up somewhere else and their hearts are crushed. I've seen enough of that. I've seen enough heartache where, where our relationships are all screwed up and messed up and it's breaking their hearts and their lives are destroyed. I've had enough of that. So this isn't a set of rules. This is God saying, you know what? There's a better way. There's a way to walk in, in righteousness and lift your head up again. I'll forgive you of your sin, yes, but there's a better way. John says, you know what? We're not compatible with sin any longer. We're not compatible with the world any longer. We are different because of Jesus Christ and our faith in him. Here's two responses to our verses today. First is this. Some of us need to be saved. Some of us need to hear this and go, you know what? I'm not saved. You know what? I've excused my sin. You know what? I like my sin. You know what? I'm all right continuing to walk in my sin. And you know what? I, I'm convicted and I'm, I'm sorry for that. And I'm regretful for that. Some of us need to say, God, forgive me. Christ, forgive me. And he'll forgive you of your sin. Some of us ought to be saved. But all of us need to be re-socialized. Not according to the world. Not trying to fit in. But we need to be socialized by the word of God. And I'll just tell you in a, in a men's lunch today, we need, to, we need to give up trying to fit in. And we need to give up trying to be accepted. And we need to, to give up a world system that has nothing for us in the end. It ends with a shut casket. And we need to say, you know what? My standard is the word of God. And I, I will stand up when everybody else sits down. And I'll walk against the grain when everybody goes this way. And we need to be socialized to understand we are not the same as followers of Jesus Christ. Glad you're here today. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Glad you're here. Let's pray. During Father, we come. I'm thankful for your forgiveness. Man, I have messed up, Lord. I have, I have gone the wrong way. I've known what to do and haven't done it. I've known what I ought to stop doing. I've kept doing it. I've carried your name and, and ridiculed it in my sin. And I'm thankful that you forgive me. I'm thankful that right now if I ask and seek your forgiveness, that you remember it no more. You remove it as far as the east is from the west, not a weight that I have to carry anymore. I'm thankful, Lord, for your grace and the forgiveness of sin. But I also, Lord, I want to honor you. And I want to point to you. And I want to start living in a way that looks like you. And so I pray for us as men in this room, we would understand as Christians, we're different. Our goal is not to fit in. Our goal is to stand out. In fact, it's just the result of it. And I pray that you'd use us in here to lead our homes to look differently. To train our kids that it's the best thing to look differently. That our wives would say, you know what, my husband looks differently. To lead in our churches and lead differently. 
to do business in our town and to do it differently. And all of it would point back to our Savior, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.